0: Here to discuss all things NRL, AFL, and anything sports-related, please give a warm Aussie g'day to the footy fanatic and America's own Corey Jackson in Outside the Sheds. Greetings, salutations, and welcome, welcome, welcome to Outside the Sheds. I made you a promise, shed heads. Your host, you're not Shed Adamus for last week, said, we don't need live matches. We don't need no stinking live matches for us to come back together here and outside the sheds and to to meet back up. Some of us in this country, which is America, the United States, where I'm currently located, are going to meet together tomorrow for Thanksgiving? Probably not, if you know what I mean. But it's a time in this country when we all get together and eat way too much. And as most of you around the world think, as Americans, we, 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 we gluttonize. We, we eat way too much. We try to make ourselves eat a little bit more. And then we're going to eat a little bit more. Um, we try to take in 25 to 30,000 calories, you know, just stuff that every normal person around the world thinks is a great thing to do. But truthfully, Thanksgiving in the United States is just giving thanks and coming together with your loved ones, okay? Okay. Now we also know this year if thank gosh for COVID, because if families got together, half of them would be fighting because of their political affiliation. Half of them would be fighting because they don't want to watch the the, the the Detroit Lions probably get beaten again at 1130 uh, uh, on, on on Thanksgiving morning. Um, but again, I don't know when it became wrong for us to not embrace our differences and to learn something from maybe something we don't know. Maybe something that we're still learning or maybe something that we are so opposed to, we can still take away from that political party, some people would say, that other team, your rival. Uh, Maybe it's your mother-in-law's cooking. I I don't know what it is, but we can take something away from that. And by the way, if you have a mother-in-law, she probably cooks great. Anyway, what I'm saying is this. Why can't we come together? And so because of that, that is why we're coming together here. Shed heads, shed Adamas, us, one big family outside the sheds. Push record. Here we go. It was really different for me because this is my first... Outside the Sheds Podcast where I don't have a match Per se uh, Even though we will be talking a little Super League And I know some of you will probably coming, Be coming after me uh, Because of my incredible picks last week But One of the things about it is It really made me think a little bit Outside you know The normal comfort zone because it's very easy to come In here with you guys And, and, and talk about matches And the guns and things like that, because that's why we are into this, right? Our passion for the games, our passion for sport, our passion for taunting your buddy who can't pick a winner if his life depended on it. That is the things that we love, right? So this was different for me because I wanted to come from places that we could still stay entwined with our passions, entwined with our teams, entwined with the NRL, the AFL, you know, whatever, but to stay entwined with that, but also to bring our own mix into this, to our own flow about it, to keep outside the sheds the O.T.S. pumping, right? To keep it moving, to keep it percolating. I don't drink coffee, but I, I love the smell of coffee and I love to watch it percolate, but anyway. So when we, went, we start with our 40-20s this week, I kind of went into the mix of what is the pulse, what's going on right now that we can really talk about. So I just got done going on a diatribe about giving thanks and being grateful, and, and I start 40-20, our 40-20s this week, probably driving a stake home to a team that really was on top of the world for most of the season this year, and that's the beloved Penny Panthers, the boys at the foot of the Blue Mountains. My dad told me something a long time ago and my mom continued to drive it home to me over and over and over again. I'm not trying to say that I'm hard-headed by any means. But both of my parents always instilled in me to hold on to the fact, if you make it to a championship, if you make it to something that's very, very important, to really take it in. Because there's no guarantee that you're ever going to be back in that same place again or in that same Winners column, that same championship, but to always take it in. And you kind of got that sensation when you listened to this season and, and to the the playoffs in the NRL this year, how everybody was talking about the Penrith Panthers and their future. And boy, they look great going forward. Well, news just broke today, uh, and it's kind of been coming this way, that Matt Burton... The exodus is finally complete. Matt Burton has been poached by the Canterbury Bulldogs. I think it's a three-year deal by the Canterbury Bulldogs and his former coach. That always really leaves a, uh, if you know, a little a uh, little poke to the ribs, a little shot to the jaw, a little, little shot to the cheek. When your coach, your ex-offensive coordinator coach, gets a head coaching job, and I'm not saying his name, Penrith Panthers fan, so you don't get even more upset about this topic, but when he comes back in and starts raiding your cupboards, he starts taking away your future. And let's be honest, the Panthers are still in a great spot. I'm saying they've got Nathan Cleary, they've got Jerome Luai, they've got their halfbacks, their spine of the future. But when you can play with house money and you can keep a guy that's got the talent that's been talked about over and over and over again of a Matt Burton you don't want to lose that because as we know from these games both of them Aussie Rules Football Rugby League you're one bad step one bad tackle away from your season being completed or maybe knock on wood pray to God not your career being over. So you would love to have a Matt Burton sitting on your sideline or, or you know, biting at the bit to run out on the field at any moment, at any time, but it just isn't feasible. You just can't have three guns like that knowing that one of them isn't going to make it or isn't going to be able to play and then expect him to stay when he can go off and start his own career, his own future, and and start making his own moments. But the problem with that is, and I think all of us knew that Matt Burton was leaving the Panthers, at least through halfway through the season, when that said coach got the head coaching job at the Canterbury Bulldogs. Because I think there was a bond formed between those two, and I think deep down, part of his... Signing to be the coach of the dogs Was that he was going to Get validation That the dogs were going to help him go get Matt Burton And he did He went and got him So Matt Burton is now flying the coop Now the, the only question truthfully is If he somehow wiggles The dogs wiggle Maybe entice a little bit Because I'm going to tell you something right now Canterbury is praying that they can get Matt Burton a year earlier. And so they don't have to wait till 2022 for him to finally put on the blue jumper and to run out on the field. They would love for Matt Burton to be the starting 5'8 for the Dogs, March, the week of March 11th. And it's going to be interesting to see if Ivan Cleary stands in the way of this, if he's going to make him hold to his contract, but that is going to be something to watch in the weeks to come if that is what's going to happen, you know, how that's going to play out, what will culminate from that. But the problem, Panther fan, isn't just your loss of Matt Burton. The The problem is you have also now lost, Dane Laurie has now signed a contract for 2022 to possibly go over to the West Tigers and take up their full backing duties. Because it doesn't look like Josh, Josh Adokar is going to the Tigers. Matter of fact, there's been rumor that Josh Adokar has just been spotted uh, the last couple of days in Belmore. Being wined and dined by the Canterbury Bulldogs. We know that the Josh Adokar is going to be playing in Melbourne again this coming season. But that he will be back in Sydney at one club or the other uh, in 2022. So with that being said, again, the Bulldogs are, are again trying to bring in another gun. But that doesn't take away from the fact that the Tigers have to do what they have to do. And it doesn't take away from the fact that, again, the Panthers have lost another player that they were hoping to keep around for their their stable, plain and simple. We'll continue to go on because it's not just those two players. The Panthers have lost now Jack Hetherington to the Dogs, Caleb Bacon's to the Raiders, and James Tomo, their captain from last season, to the West Tigers as well. And this goes back to what I just said, what my great parents had taught me. And you can see their, their, their teachings have done well, can't you shed heads? But you just cannot guarantee what your future holds. None of us can. And that is why when a team plays for a championship and they do not bring home the hardware, you just have to think, is this going to be it? And I think that's why we really hold these teams that come back and, and, and win multiple championships in a row. I'm saying we've got a dynasty right now going down in Richmond where the Tigers have done it done it so well that they're probably the favorites to win you know, premierships four out of the last 5 years. If they win this coming season. But it's not the matter of if because you still have to play the games, but it's setting yourself up with the right coaching staff and personnel to actually have your give yourself a chance to do it. And one of the things for Panther fans, the Black Army, is that you guys have done very, very well of setting up your juniors and and your stable that you're able to take some of these blows. But the thing that a lot of people who have not played sports professionally or just played very, very competitive sport is just because it looks good on paper does not mean that the chemistry is going to be the same. And if you watched the Panthers, the thing everyone talked about was how tight-knit of a group they were on their pilgrimage and and their voyage last year to the grand final. When a player made a great tackle, they were all there to celebrate. When a player scored a try, they were all there to celebrate. And you just don't know, with losses and additions, if that chemistry will still be the same. Because even though James Tomo has never been the most outspoken or gregarious, over-the-top leader, there's something about James Tomo's quiet leadership that I think really helped a lot of those younger players in Penrith not have to burden a lot of the responsibility. We know... A lot of a lot of weight was on Nathan Cleary, but Jerome Luai really didn't have to carry a lot of that, and a lot of those guys didn't because the way James Talmo was the captain of that club, and I have not seen personally. I you know correct me if I'm wrong, shedheads, but I have not seen a new captain being named yet. You would think possibly that that might be going to fall on Nathan Cleary's shoulders. I don't know, but we just don't know what the chemistry of these these additions and subtractions from this club is going to do. And again, that makes you come back because every club who did not win the Shield, did not win the trophy last year, is going to come back hungrier than the year before. They're going to come back healthier than the year before. And so you're going to have a healthy can, you know, Canberra Raiders side You know, Kevvy's doing some incredible things up at Brisbane, trying to get them back correct and right. My gosh, the Gold Coast Titans might be the team that could be a juggernaut, and I'm not saying it's going to happen. But the last time I checked, Cameron Smith is still not hung up the boots. And if they can still somehow masterfully bring Cameron Smith, who, by the way, children are still enrolled in school up in the Gold Coast, hint, hint. But if they could actually bring in Cameron Smith to be the hooker, the rake for the Gold Coast Titans, with the additions they've got, and now with word coming down that AJ Brimson is going to be uh, probably able to be in the starting side um, to start the season, and, and here's the thing, you have Cor- you have you have Corey there too. Kazi's going to be there, so if AJ Brimson does not start you don't have a bad guy to have to fall that back to because I still think Corey Thompson's one of the best unheralded players in the game. And he can easily slot back in that fullback position. So the Gold Coast Titans are a team that's coming. And I would be incredibly surprised if they're not in the top eight next year. I'd have them probably coming in five or six next year. That's how much I think of that club. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of clubs that are very, very fortunate that they didn't sneak in this season. But, that being said, we just don't know with what chemistry will bring to the Penrith Panthers. But those are some major league moves that are going up at the foot of the mountains. Next on our 40-20, um, I was just listening to it before we came to air today, but the NRL just released our 2021 draw, and the first match of the season is Thursday night. That same Kevin Walters, Brisbane, Broncos club will be taking on the blue and gold army of the Parramatta Eels to kick it off. This is the second year in a row that those Eels are going to be kicking off the season and I can't think of a better match to really kick it off. You've got a club that you know, you look at where Penrith is right now, this could be Parramatta next season because they have a lot of players that have player options going into 2022. Mitchell Moses uh Ryan is there too. Um so Ryan Matherson, sorry. But but this is a big season for for Paramatta. And what better way to gauge both clubs where they're at than have them go toe to toe. Both have incredible rabbit fan bases. That's right, Dom, I said it. But incredible rabbit fan bases and it should be an incredible and a hell of a way to kick off the season. But you can go on to the NRL.com uh, and watch. They did a really nice presentation for the draw, and I have not completed it yet. Um, but it looks like we're going forward as, as business as usual, uh, You know, unlike the great 2020, where Origin is going to be in the middle of the season. We're still going to have Anzac round. It looks like Magic Weekend is going to kick back off, which was really, really cool up at uh, Suncorp Stadium. I know one of the big things they're going to do with Magic Weekend this year is that they're going to have – it's going to be a Friday, Saturday, Sunday night affair, so it's going to be three days, but it looks like the last match for each one of those nights is one of the Queensland clubs. So it'll be probably the Broncos night one, um, and then either – the cowboys or the titans what day 2 and day 3 but they're keeping it definitely queensland queensland is only by having one of those clubs finishing out the night but that is really cool to see because i thought that magic magic round magic weekend uh was really really uh, a, a cool event and, I, and and let's be honest nod to the super league because the super league was the one that started magic league weekend so uh, it's good to see the, you know both of those competitions uh, at least agreeing about one thing and that's having a magic weekend like this so the draw is being released so make sure you check that out because it's gonna be very very exciting I I can't wait I, I think it's 113 days because the, the the competition is kicking off the weekend of March 11th so we're already 113 days out so mark your calendars out get your sharpies out um Mark out your girlfriend, wife, significant other's calendar. Mark, uh, what, Write that in there for them. So when they go, what the heck is this? You can quickly break down because the outside the Sheds family are having to circle when our lives kick back off again. So make sure you do that. Check that out uh, on NRL.com. Staying with NRL Super League and the merger of the two and how they come together at times... Word is also broke today that Brent Brett Hodgson um, who's been in the coaching staff for the West Tigers has accepted the job and will be the head coach for Hull FC starting next season. And 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 a few years ago Brett Hodgson was actually a attacking players consultant, I guess you could call him for Hull FC. But it's really cool to see him get this job because he is, he's done everything. I'm saying he's he's spent eight years in England um, as a player and as a coach. So he's got a, a foothold there a little bit. But it's just good to see a, a good guy first off and a guy who has given so much of his life to the game to get this shot. Now it's also sad because you, know, you see a guy that was really working hard to try to get that gig who is not their full-time coach, but a coach that was brought in to help them through this really tough time not get that gig. And you wonder if if Hall could have maybe found a way to get over and and, and win their, their semifinal match against Wigan. You just wonder if they possibly would have held on to him. But, you know, he's going to be there working with um, Gareth Ellis, who is an ex-Tiger as well, and they're going to be working hand-in-hand so I think I think Hull got themselves a good coach. I think the Super League, again, even though a lot of people will tell you this, this isn't just your Adams saying this, this is just not me saying this, but the, the NRL is ahead of the Super League um, by quite a distance right now. And let's be honest with that. There's a reason that a lot of these players at their prime are really trying to get down under to play so they can see what they're skill and talent is like down under and you've had some good English players come down there, heck Wigan is getting a good one back, I'm saying Bateman is coming back he's coming back and he's going to be back and I'm going to tell you something that Wigan, that Wigan club for next season is looking pretty pretty strong with with Bevan French and Jackson Hastings not leaving like some people thought they were going to be to come back to the NRL, so I really think the Super League is trending upward I think they've got quite a bit still to do to catch up to the NRL, but they are trending upward, and that is something really, really cool to see, and congratulations to Brett Hodgson for getting that job. Well, we're going to stay, and I know that a lot of you say that, that I don't want to say a lot of you say, but you know, I do love my Aussie Rules football. I love my AFL, and with the season ending of a few weeks ago, and with there still being some shuffling of some of these draft choices and some of these trades that have come up, we have not really dived in to the the the, the, the mosh pit or the muck that has been right now the the AFL offseason. Now, I did see um, a player that I'm a very big fan of who's done some pretty incredible things since he's kind of stepped away from the game a little bit, but now it's become official that Collingwood has worked out a, how should I say, a settlement that allows Dane Beams to retire from them um, and to to close out the, his last two years of his contract. Uh, you might remember Dane Beams left Collingwood to go up and accepted a job to go up to Brisbane to play with the Lions because of his ailing father. And he had a few good, he had some games up there. And, and, and some people say that, 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 that he might have been the writing of the ship for Brisbane. And if you look where the, where the lions are right now, um, you know, they are definitely one of those teams that have a good chance at, at lifting a flag next year. But, but a lot of that comes from a lot of people feel beam saying, I'm going to go up to a Brisbane club that really wasn't doing much when, when beam signed up there. But Dane has, and you know, Dane beams has had some, some, some situations off the field, Um, He's he's been very very open in his talk about mental health, and if you haven't paid attention to Dane Beams and looked or looked on his Instagram, or or looked at some of his social media, he's very much into painting right now. He's very much into mental health, and it's really cool to see so many of the pot and family. Let let me you know that's a major thing with him too, but it's really cool to see where he's and where he's going forward and, and no matter how much we love the games I think all of us will admit having a healthy mind and having a healthy family life is the probably the most important things any of us can, can ask for and pray for um, but it's awesome to see and, and congratulations to an incredible career I actually have a, a, a team-worn Dane Beams practice currency that I am uh, very proud to own Um, Back in the days of him being the 1-7. But uh, congratulations to a great career to Dane Beams and to an even better life off the field. But I'm staying with Collingwood with my 40-20. And I'm kind of wondering, Pies fans, are you guys having to have an extra cocktail tonight? Are you having to put the caffeine down? Because I have no idea what the hell is going on with your club. You guys had a Major League Fire sale... You pretty much unceremoniously showed the door to Adam Treloar, a club that I think he really showed and played for quite well. He didn't get into off-field troubles. He, you know, was just a, a player that you kind of want for your team. And he has to find out through back parties and through channels and the social media that he's not wanted and then he, he pretty much finds out that they say, well, see who you can negotiate with. And so I can't believe it And when I still look at the picture that he's now, quote-unquote, with the Western Bulldogs. Great for you, dogs fans. I'm saying that's a coup. But now word's coming out that after all of their discussions and negotiations, excuse me, their negotiations, Collingwood is now saying that they don't want to pay for some of the contract that the Western Bulldogs said they had agreed on before they would even agree to the deal. And now Collingwood is saying, no, we don't want to pay that. We're not going to do that. And I'm, I'm you know, it, it, it baffles me. You know, it's tough enough to, t- to tell a player he's not wanted. It's tough enough to tell a player, you know, you can go and try to find out about your future. You can go out there and try to negotiate where – because you're not wanted here. So you go find yourself another home. You go find yourself another place to, to 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 make a living, to take your family, to move, all of that. But then to go back and say you don't want to pay something that you've kind of talked to the club saying that you were going to pick up some of this contract. And it sounds like it's, they're about $200,000 apart, uh, these clubs. But it's such a big deal now that the AFL has stepped in and have given until Friday an extension for these two clubs to work it out. Because just think about this, and I'm not saying it's going to happen, but just think if if Collingwood bumbles this and all of a sudden now this trade doesn't go through, now you've got an Adam Treller coming back to your club after you don't want him, then you don't want to pay to get him off of your hands And now you're going to act like bygones be bygones and say everything's cool, welcome back to the the prison bars? You can't do it. You can't do it. And deep down, I think all of us know that Collingwood's going to have to pay. Because they cannot have – I'm saying the members of Collingwood were actually demonstrating, saying that they want a special council meeting because they don't know what the heck's going on with their club. And for a club that has as much pride as Collingwood it has not been a good last few months. I'm saying there's been racism allegations by by former players. You know there was the the beatdown in the playoffs after a week after a lot of people were saying it might have been the greatest win in postseason for the last few years for for Collingwood. And now let's not even stay with Adam Trelore. They've also lost Jaden Steed. Excuse me, Jaden Stevenson to North Melbourne. Atu Vulagi, boy, I butchered that, but we'll just say Atu, also now who's going to be a kangaroo. Tom Phillips has also now gone to Hawthorne. So a lot of people feel that is a lot of the, the the young and up-and-coming players. And again, goes back to me pointing out that some people feel that Collingwood is having a fire sale. And for what they got rid of, it now looks like the Collingwood Magpies a club that is, you know, just a few two seasons ago played for a flag are now in a rebuilding period. And there's certain clubs that do not want to hear the word rebuild. Period. We reload. We retool. We do not rebuild. So I don't know how this is going to go over. I am happy that I am how should I say not a Collingwood member because I would be frustrated. And I and I've said something to my to my family and my friends down under that make I think one of the most beautiful things about down under sport AFL NRL is that it, that membership is so important for these clubs. Member, membership is huge. Heck, I just saw that the West Tigers are doing for members because they're trying to get their members to buy into uh the McGuire vision, that if you sign up for your membership now, you get a a Robbie Farah membership pin for your grand final and lifelong hooker. Who don't forget, Tigers fans, the, the, the membership in the club ran off, and we had to watch Robbie Farah play in the red and green of South Sydney, but that's something else. But membership is important to these clubs. And the last thing these clubs do not want to do and the NRL has been very positive in the way that they pay attention to what their fans are beckoning and calling for They notice and they pay attention to the numbers. The numbers were not as great for Origin being at the end of the season and before Origin 3 was even played, Peter Landis came out and said there's no way on God's green earth that Origin's not being played in the middle of the season next year. Not happening So we have noticed that that, that 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 fan support and especially member support is so important for these clubs that you have a chance as a member and a fan of these clubs to really make a difference, to really make these clubs listen to you. And that's not by giving them your money. And that stinks because we all know that we love to support our clubs. We love to wear our, our favorite jersey, our favorite T-shirt heck you might even love to see your significant other, you know, wear her little tiny baby doll, you know, jersey or t-shirt or whatever I you know I, I just I just know that unlike the NFL here in America, um, Major League Baseball, NBA, even though the NBA has gotten pretty darn good about listening to their fan bases. Um, but these big sports, in american sport don't really give a you know what about their fans look at the dallas cowboys the cowboys keep putting subpar teams out on the field and i have a very close friend of mine like a brother to me love him with all my heart but those damn cowboys could go oh and 16 and he'd still buy a new t-shirt and and i you know him and i have plenty of good conversations but i always go hey man You know, my way of not showing my club that I'm not happy is I'm not giving them any of my money. And I know it might be $30, and what's $30? But what about if a 1,000 people don't pay $30? And that's what membership is. So it's going to be really, really interesting to watch how Collingwood navigates through this minefield right now that's been this offseason. And I'm very, very curious to see how they handle it, how they try to quote-unquote, how will we say this, spin it it so they look in the best of light to their members, but it's going to be interesting to see. So pay attention to the Collingwood Fire Sale, and again, we will be getting into when more things are finalized, some of the major moves besides the ones I just talked to you about and some of the retirements and all. But I want to end my 40-20s in in things that that's very uncomfortable. And you've heard me talk in in a little bit of detail about my my fondness to my mother. My mother um, was maybe one of the greatest people in my entire life. And I'm very blessed to still be surrounded by uh, an incredible woman in my life. But... I have always been a huge, huge, huge supporter of strong women and women in in all women, but, but strong women. And I have always had a problem with guys, and I think all of us being guys have been around guys that maybe have not respected, quote unquote, women the way that I just mentioned them. But... I hate to see stories, and I'm not trying to throw shade on any type of team or league, but unfortunately, the NRL has been caught in the last season and a half some, some off-field indiscretions by players against women. And we have two players, one of them a very, very prominent player, who is also known here in America because he came over and played in the NFL for the San Francisco 49ers and Jared Hain and Jack DeBellin for the St. George Illawarra Dragons who are really fighting for their futures in the game but also in how they're being seen from some indiscretions from some sexual assaults that, that occurred. And I've always said this, and I, I don't I don't understand how it, it can ever be I don't know that the word no isn't just no. And I know in the heat of passion sometimes you 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 don't pay attention to a lot of things. But the one thing is that word no. And no translates in a lot of ways. I'm saying we have no problem looking at our pet who's ripping up your couch going, no, no, And he's supposed to understand that, right? He's supposed to understand that. So how are we able to say that a fellow human being who isn't answering us by a bark or a hiss or a no words whatsoever or or guttural noises whatsoever, but we're talking about a fellow human being saying no. And that doesn't register. That doesn't resonate inside the mind. It doesn't... Make you go, oh wait a second! I just heard that word. But we're able to, sp- we're supposed to say that to our pet, and him or her is supposed to instantly say, "Oh my gosh, my master says no." And the reason I go there is because I'm, I am not Jack DeBellin. I'm not Jared Hain, and I'm not these these women that are coming forward, and for them to fear that their lives might be ruined because they are having to come forward and say that it's sad it's very very sad because if somebody violates you or somebody doesn't treat you with respect or or goes against your personal space you should never once have to think twice about standing up and 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 vocalizing that now i know some people will try to say well you, we know that sometimes people make stuff up And that's true We have a court of law That's true One of my coaches said a long time ago Remember something though You put yourself in a position When somebody can come out And say that Quote unquote Sexually assaulted me Rape me Whatever you want to say No matter if you're innocent or not There are a percentage of people they will always see you as a rapist or somebody who is a sexual predator. And if that doesn't really strike home to how you carry yourself and how even if you err in the cause of, I think that's what you meant, I just didn't want to go forward with it because I didn't know where you felt or if you felt comfortable. If you ever do that, I'm going to make you a guarantee right now. Shedheads, even more than my incredible picks, unless it's a Super League match, but unless it's my incredible picks, I will guarantee you something right now. And I promise you over my name, over outside the sheds, over anything that I will ever tell you, I will say you will get more respect from any woman that you deal with, Shedheads, that you do not go the extra mile in that step when it comes to passion than you do by overstepping your bounds and having them look going, I wish I wouldn't have done that. I promise you over anything I ever tell you that you will always have respect in that woman's eye if you take the high ground and leave her wanting more or not doing what you shouldn't do. She will always respect you. Even if you guys don't work out the the whispering to her friends will always be like, you know, he was a gentleman. And I'm going to tell you something. I'd always rather be considered a gentleman than I would something else. So I'm not going to go any farther on that. I'm just going to say it's going to be funny to see and not funny whatsoever, but it's going to be interesting to see because I know Jared Hain is hoping that he's going to get exonerated and I think Jared Hain would love to be on a on a club for 2021. But some of those some of those words and some of those scenarios that were laid out in the courtroom yesterday and the day before were pretty damn damning I, I hate to say that and for Jack DeBellin uh, I think that his, his, his um, defense team them saying and I quote that our client probably wasn't 100% in the right here I think that tells you everything I think that tells you everything. And it's sad to say that. It's sad that, that any of these cases are having to go to court because people's perception of, of their protected space was not upheld. And that's all you have to say there. So pay attention to follow those, but remember my words that I just told you. Um, always, always, always listen to that person that you're able to be fortunate to spend some some really significant time with. So that was my forty twenties from this week. A little soapboxy at times, but you know what? That's why you're here, too. That's why inside this confine of Outside the Sheds, we are able to talk, to speak our mind. And you may not agree with everything I say, and guess what? You have that right to feel that way. But I also have the right to say what I feel, too. And I stand very, very strongly about a lot of the things I say. And unfortunately, in this day and age, there's a lot of people who don't stand for much and say a lot and blow a lot of smoke. Well, I'm going to tell you something right now. I'm never going to blow smoke your direction. I'm going to blow fire at times, but never smoke. So let's go on to outside the bubble a little bit because we've had a lot of things that have gone down and transpired in the last 24 to 48 hours. We don't do a lot of talk about it in outside the bubble or in in outside the sheds, but I am a fan of the round ball too. <laughs> Got you, didn't I? No, I'm a fan of soccer football, as some people would say. But we lost an icon today. Diego Maradona passed away today at the age of 60 years old. And Diego Maradona Besides Paulo Rossi are the two, my two first, my timeout, what am I saying? Pele and then Diego Maradona and Paulo Rossi are the three soccer players that to me, if I think about soccer, I'll always remember as my foundation. Pele being number one because Pele brought the sport overseas, brought it to the shores of America. New York Cosmos, Brazilian national team. But Diego Maradona is a player that is. I think he's remembered so much because he was a little polarizing too. Because for as much as Maradona did some incredible things, and he Maradona was only five foot five for crying his sakes. But if you watched him come into a room, if you watched Diego Maradona do an interview, if you watched Diego Maradona play on the field, you would think the guy's six foot one. He's five foot five, and. He, it looks like, and that's what the reports are saying, passed away today because of a heart attack. And if you looked at Diego Maradona over the last 15 to 20 years, he was not, how should we say, the billboard of health. He's been caught numerous amounts of times with drugs. Uh, He loves his cocktails, loves his women. He loves the fast life and the fast lane, you know. And why should we be surprised? Because he played that way with incredible flair, with incredible passion. And unfortunately, those incredible flair and passions followed him off the football pitch, followed him off off the field. But I myself will never remember Diego Maradona being the man off of the field. I will always remember Diego Maradona, the, the footballer, the soccer player. And if you look at the things he did, a lot of people will always remember the hand of God. Sorry about that, England. I know I'm having to bring that up. But the hand of God... That cost England um, the match, and they don't forget that was during some very, very volatile times between England and Argentina with the Falklands and and um, you know the conflict. But but the hand of God and the goal there and that '86 World Cup that he led Argentina in Mexico um, is probably in some people's eyes the greatest thing that Diego Maradona did. But I'm not going to agree with that. I'm going to say the five A championships that Diego Maradona brought back to Napoli. And if you think about that, just say that 20 times in your head. Five premiership, five flags, whatever you want to say, but five championships for Napoli. Napoli has not done anything since Diego Maradona left. But they were on top of the world. You know, we're talking about the same Serie A as Juventus, AC Milan, Inter Milan. We're talking giants, juggernauts. Lazio has some unique fans. We'll leave it at that. But but Napoli won five championships with this guy. That makes, that makes some of the things that have gone on in the EPL recently with the Foxes winning the Premiership a couple seasons ago seem like it was nothing. Five of them. No matter what, Shedheads, the loss of Diego Maradona will be felt through the soccer world, the football world, Because he is one of those greats. He is one of those faces on the Mount Rushmore of the game. And it's sad. But again, at least we can say probably Diego Maradona went out the way that he lived his life with flair and passion and doing whatever the hell he wanted to do. So, um, condolences to his family. Condolences to Argentina because I know he's seen as a god down there. But we've lost a great one in Diego Maradona today at the age of 60. Now, here's one of the things where you're going to give me respect, Shedheads. Here's where you're going to say, you know what? Shed Adams had a bad week, but he's a man. A man. Because I'm coming right to you and say, you're Shed Adams. I hope I didn't cost you your home. But he really missed it this weekend. He picked Catalans and Hull FC, who got me a combined four points. Let's say that again. They got your Shed Adamas a combined four points. Thank you, kicking tees. Thank you, posts. No thank you to the tries. Because St. Helens... Beat Catalans 48 to 2. And Wiggins started off the playoff weekend by beating Hull 29 to 2. So to say that I really missed those eh, might be my biggest understatement I've said in my outside the sheds career. But guess what? I'm human. I know, I know, I know. Take a deep breath, sit down, think, stop. I'm human. And I missed it. I missed it big time. And I really did not see those games going that way. Now, I will tell you on paper, St. Helens and Wigan have been the best two clubs all year. But I saw a fresh Catlins team, and I saw a Hull FC team who'd been playing on fire the last five, six weeks of the season. And a Hull FC team that could have played the the, 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 the championship on their field on Friday. And it didn't, it didn't come to pass. But I will tell you what that does leave us with is it does leave us with the two biggest teams in Super League football playing on neutral ground, no fan support, but just going head-to-head for a, I'm telling you, it's going to be a cracking match. And I'm telling you, it's not going to be a lot of points to two in this one. It is going to be a haymaker, 15-round title fight, winner take all, when the dust clears, one man stands. Or as they said in about the only good thing of Mad Max, beyond Thunderdome, two men enter, one man leaves. Two men enter, one man leaves. And that's what we've got here. Two teams are going are to hit that field on Friday, and one of them is going to lift the trophy. And it is going to be fascinating to see. I'm going to say, gosh, I'm not caught speechless often. I'm going to say Wigan wins it, though. I'm going to say Jackson Hastings and Wigan wins a close match over St. Helens. But I would not be surprised if St. Helens won either. So this is shed heads, This is what I'm saying. Do Leave your money in your pocket. Don't gamble on this one. Just sit back. Pull yourself a lager and take in this match because it's going to be a fun one. And I'm telling you, I'm more excited about this match on Friday than I am any of the other NFL games, anything else that's on there in this coming weekend. This match on Friday is going to be special. So make sure you check that out. I think, again, we're looking at a 1 o'clock Central Daylight Time here in America kickoff. It will be on Fox Soccer Channel. But uh, make sure you check out Wigan and St. Helens for the championship on Friday. Now, I will say something, staying in Super League really quick. One thing your Shed Adamas did break to you and did predict is that Ian Watson did take the Huddersfield job. That, to me, is a coup. And I'm I i I'm shocked I'm shocked that he is leaving Salford. I think there must be something that happened behind the scenes that Ian Watson maybe didn't get some of the players he wanted. Maybe that Ian Watson did not agree in the direction maybe that Salford was going. But to see Ian Watson leave Salford and break it, like I said he was going to on the pregame show for the the Wigan match, the Wigan-Hull FC match, and they actually had him in studio, um, I think that's a coup for Huddersfield, and I'm really curious where Salford goes from here because they really lost a pretty damn incredible coach. So that was one thing I did get right. So let's not 100% throw dirt on your shed, Adamas. Saying it outside the bubble, I want to do hit a couple quick things because I think I should get it. Let's do this. I'm going to work on trying to see if I can think up a good COVID alarm. I don't know what it's going to be, but we're going to think up something because these last two stories are staying with the COVID alarm because the dictator, the nictator, Nick Saban, head coach for the Alabama Crimson Tide, and I told you that I wasn't going to do any college football talk because I don't think they should be playing college football right now with a bunch of non-paid athletes, but that's me. But Nick Saban's not going to be able to coach the old Iron Bowl on Saturday. State of Alabama, what are we going to do about this? Nick is not going to be on the sidelines. Well, I guess you're going to have to have a West Coast kid by the name of Steve Sarkeesian coach your Alabama Crimson Tide. Yes, that's right, Alabama fan. I said a Yankee's going to be your head coach. But if you didn't know it, so is Nick Saban. But Nick Saban is out. He's not coaching this weekend for the Iron Bowl. So even though Nick looked like he had COVID six weeks ago, five weeks ago, whatever it is, time's flying, it's 2020. He now has it for sure. Nick Saban is not going to be coaching your Alabama Crimson Tide, roll Tide on on Saturday. And Steve Sarkeesian's going to have to try to keep Gus Melzan. And the Auburn Tigers away from springing the upset on the number one team of the country, so that was one big story. And the other big story that broke, and I, I kind of started off our 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 broadcast this week uh, about Thanksgiving. Well, we have a triple header tomorrow of football games here. We've got those Detroit Lions, I mean Lions, uh, starting it off against the Houston Texans. Then we have the Dallas Cowboys playing the Washington. <laughs> That means we have no mascot. The Washington football team. And, and, and we should call this the game of, wow, these teams are horrible. But I think we're going to get some good football. But the scariest part about it is, after the game on Thursday, one of these non-500 clubs is going to be in first place in the NFC least. Figure that out. Anyway, but... The, the third game of the night was supposed to be a really hard-hitting game, a game that I was really, really excited about. Probably of all three of them, or the two other ones, the most the one that I think was going to have the most fireworks, and that is a Pittsburgh Steelers and Baltimore Ravens clash. If you know anything, that's probably been maybe the most heated rivalry in in the league, in the NFL, probably for the last five seasons. But that game has now been postponed due to covid and it has now been moved to sunday because the ravens have a gigantic outbreak inside their sheds and i think the last tally was nine players having covid and i'm thinking if there's nine there's probably 18 but anyway we'll have to see thank gosh it does not look like any of the team uh, the the team they played this last weekend It does not look like the Ravens, I mean, excuse me, that the Titans have picked up any of the COVID. Oh, wait, I forgot. They probably didn't because they already were infested earlier in the season. But anyway, um, so that game is off. We do not get to see Steelers-Ravens on Thanksgiving night. So again, it looks like the all-out reigning champion in sports in 2020 is still, your reigning, undisputed, Heavyweight champion, COVID-19. So anyway, so it looks like COVID wins another one, uh, and it goes to decision, but we will not have Ravens-Steelers on Thanksgiving night. And at that last blast of COVID greatness, we're going to leave this week in Outside the Sheds telling you, no matter if you're an American American, if you're American or not you don't have to have Thanksgiving to be thankful you don't have to be gluttonous to be thankful just find a reason tomorrow, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday I don't care what day it is why do we need a day for us to say that we need to be thankful because last time I checked most of us no matter even the tough times we may be going through right now, have a lot to be thankful for. So let's try to remember that, no matter if you're down under, Australia, New Zealand, no matter if you're in Ireland, France, England, Zimbabwe, I don't care where you're at, I don't care. Because we all have something to be thankful for. And if you don't have something to be thankful for, as soon as you finish listening to this, go to the mirror, And ask yourself what's going on. But please, find something to be thankful for. Give somebody you love a hug. I'm going to make you go outside your comfort zone. Give somebody you might be angry with a hug. Just give somebody a hug. Well, maybe not give them a hug unless they have a face mask on. But you know what I mean. An elbow bump. Just be thankful. But with that, shed heads... That is my adieu to you. My goodbye. Until next week, like I tell you week in and week out, stay out of trouble. Don't get caught. This has been Outside the Sheds. I am your host, your Shed Adamus, Corey Jackson. See ya! And I can't wait to be with you again next week. Out! And that was another fantastic episode of Outside the Sheds with Corey Jackson talking all things NRL afl and all things sports so please remember to smash the subscribe button and share this with your family and friends and show them what australian sport is all about